Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan, and as always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening, and please think about leaving us a nice, friendly review today. That would really make my day. So, on the show, I welcome Sunny Sweeney as she comes to us from her home in Austin, Texas. Sunny has been playing country music since she first learned guitar as a kid and made her family watch her perform around the house. Her ease on the stage and behind the microphone is apparent when you hear her perform, which you can do with her latest release, recorded live at the Machine Shop Recording Studio. In this episode, I ask her about some of her past songs, what brought on her bad girl phase, and how life has helped shape her as a songwriter and performer. Please give a big warm welcome to Miss Sunny Sweeney. At the top of the stairs, watching the evening news with a couple of beers. I only call my husband baby because I love the word. Never wanted something so bad that it hurts. Even give up these damn old cigarettes. If I could have a body. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Just lovely. Thank you. And okay, you're in Austin. You're hail from Texas originally. Um, and then I want to kind of just jump back early on in your story. And I I just had to wonder because you're, you seem like such a natural performer. Have you always felt as though you would be a singer and performer? Um, I honestly just didn't want to get a job where I had to sit at a desk. Um, and I, I mean, I kind of, in answer to your question, yes. I mean, I've my whole life, like put like shows on for my family and, you know, the whole thing, like the whole, as you would imagine a four-year-old would be that's in my profession now, like always, you know, tap shoes instead of regular shoes, okay. um, that whole thing, just trying to get attention. There's a bunch of kids in my family. And so we all would fight for the attention. And so the louder you were, the more attention you got. And <laughs> so I, I always tried to do that and, um, um, and was encouraged to do that, you know? Oh, and so, yeah. And so, yes, I guess I've always been a quote performer, but I didn't actually start doing this professionally until after college. Well, that's a great segue into my next question. But to go back to that, that is the vision that I have a lot of times of this, you know, eight-year-old girl who's just like, everyone's sitting there watching something on the TV at night. And you're just like standing in front of the TV doing your thing oh. and just being like, eyes here, people. <laughs> yeah. You make a better door than a window, Sonny. That's what they would say. I'd be standing in front. You know, like... <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so you started a band right after you finished college and then started gigging pretty much right away around Austin and then it sounds like it spread it out throughout Texas. And then I'm always interested in this, just you've been doing it for quite a while now. What are some fond memories you have of that time looking back at, at those days? Well, I mean, you know, I'm from East Texas and people where I'm from don't 
uh, well, I mean, some people do, but, but a lot of people that are, that are from where I'm from don't travel, Yep. you know, all over the world. And I feel like shortly after I started playing music, I had a guitar player that was Norwegian for a while and he hooked me up with some Norwegians. And so like, I went, I went to Norway. I honestly didn't even know where Norway was when I got on the plane to go there. Even better. Well, like I really, I knew that it was, you know, far away. And I, I looked on a globe to see where it was and was kind of like shocked that, that that's where we were going. But, but it like lit a fire in me to really want to be able to travel. That's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And you like, I've now been to like 20 countries and, and, and it shocks me. My, my bass player is from Oklahoma in a small town. We're from near where I'm from. And we talk about that all the time. We're like people, people where we're from don't normally get to do these things, you know? Uh -huh. And it just, it still shocks me. We went to Japan last year and for a gig, which was the great, it's still every day. I'm not exaggerating every single day. I think about Japan. Like I, I had, I had the best time in Japan. I love Asia and I love just the, the mentality of everyone over there and the food and they loved country music. It completely oh, so blew, blew my mind. There was a welcome wagon in the middle of the <laughs> night in the uh, whatever airport we were at, Kumamoto Airport, at like one in the morning, people standing there with signs welcoming us. I'm like, is this happening? I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I we have photos of it. Like we were shocked and um, it, it was just amazing. But anyway, like I, I can't believe that I've gotten to travel the world because of something, doing something that I love. I mean, that is the absolute dream right there to me. I can't even imagine you can't yeah. tee it up better than that as like the school counselors, like, what would you like to do? Like, you're not even, no one's <laughs> going to dream that big. <laughs> I mean, because you don't, you're not told that you can do stuff like that, you know? And, yeah. And so that's what Dylan, well, my, my guitar player is from a small town as well. Um, and my bass player is from a small town and, and we've all talked about that just, we're not supposed, we're not told that we can do these things. And so the fact that actually being a professional musician has allowed us to travel literally the world, you know, playing yep. music, it, yep. it is mind blowing. It is mind blowing. I mean, that just, you've, you've, you've found the success that, I mean, there's always like a way to reach for more. It's always good to like set higher and higher goals. But, you know, if, I think, I hear this on Dak Shepard's podcast a lot because he says to people all the time, he's like, if if I ask my 10-year-old self, like, you've been in movies, um, you've directed movies, you've made this much money, like, that 10-year-old would be so excited to hear that that's what their life was. And so it's like yeah. always good to give yourself that perspective because you can get lost in it and be like, but I'm still not selling out arenas. No, and I, I catch myself doing that sometimes where – where I put so much pressure on myself to do something, but then I, I kind of have like a reality check and go, stop it. You have played the Grand Ole Opry 50 times. You've yeah. been nominated for an, you know, an award. Like you, I mean, all of those things have exceeded any expectation that I had. All I wanted to do was get paid 
you know, in beer and burgers to play music for tips. Yeah, like for sure. I'm serious. I had no, I had no concept of what was possible in this business. I had no concept. So were you always writing songs during this time or were you doing covers and looking for songs written by other artists to record? Like when did you kind of step into the songwriter boots? So um, I wish I remembered what year it was exactly, but I think it was 2000. Um, I think it was 2000 or 2000. No, it was 2001. I think it was when I graduated. I think it was like two months before I graduated, but my, my stepdad bought me a guitar because my stepdad plays guitar and my uncles play guitar. And like mm -hmm. they had offered to teach me when I was younger and I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it because I thought that's what old people did, you know, cause, <laughs> cause they were old and they were, or actually they were my age now, but they were old at the time. And, and I was like, Ooh, I don't want anything to do with what these old people are doing. But anyway, once I graduated, um, did not want to get a job. Okay. Like <laughs> did not want to get a job. I read all. that it was and, PR too. That was your degree. So and I loved my job, my degree. Like I wanted to be an entertainment publicist and, uh, and I would have been really good at that, I think, but, but also I would have had to work for someone else and I, I don't do that very well. You, you know, me like both, I, a... <laughs> I, I mean, I will find a way to not have a boss so fast. I mean, cause I feel like I'm a good boss. All my employees think I'm a good boss. I mean, I'm an, you know, I'm probably a little demanding, but like that, comes with the job i mean so that's the boss but i'm a good i'm a good boss and they've told me that and so but anyway i just did not want to get a job and so i called my stepdad and was like hey remember when you offered to teach me guitar when i was like 11 will you buy me a guitar and teach me he's like i'm sorry what and huh. so um i had to go basically with my tail between my legs and ask him to do that and he did it willingly and Within two weeks, I had a gig. Now, wow! I use I use the term gig very lightly because, um, <laughs> it was it was a gig. I, I did you know I got hired to do this gig, but it was at a very low end venue, um, where in in Austin there's a bunch of you know venues where you can cut your teeth and and learn what exactly to do without a lot of people there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, except, for sure. Except for my parents who were there and, and my sister and stuff and my cousins were there. But, um, you know, my parents, my mom especially is like, she'll remember that gig sometimes and be like, Sonny, there was like five minutes in between songs sometimes because <laughs> we were like discussing what to do. You know, like we were basically <laughs> having a rehearsal on stage and and i use the term stage also very loosely but <laughs> anyway it was i would not trade I, I was i was doing a lot of cover songs in those days in answer to your question yes because i hadn't written a lot of songs i'd only written two songs okay um but the first song that i ever wrote ever was slow swing and western tunes which is on my first album slow swinging western tune 
yourself a broken heart. He left her a year ago. Yeah. Okay. You did write that one. Yeah. I wrote that one. Um, I think maybe like three days after I learned how to play a couple of chords on the guitar. Wow. Um, and, and I played it for my stepdad and he was like, whoa, that's definitely not bad. Like, wow. And, um, anyway, I, I feel fortunate that that, I mean, I've, I've written a bunch of shitty songs. Like, let's not, let's be honest. Everyone has. You have to, but, (laughs) but I feel fortunate and I feel like I wrote that song, um, shortly after I learned to play guitar, I feel like it, it's not a great, it's not the greatest song of all times, but it's a decent song for a first song, especially enough to go onto your album. And, and I feel like it inspired me to, to try again, you know? Yeah. I would think that if you, if somebody like, if that album's coming together and somebody's just like, Hey, this person's got this song and you're like, Ooh, I like that. Let's I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a version of that. And then they're like, well, you got anything? And you like, just play them this song and then you get like instant approval. It's going to do wonders for a person's confidence. I mean, what an well, I, I think that's what it was, was the confidence aspect, because I would never compare myself to any of the songwriters that I've covered because they're just so high on a pedestal for me. Like Jim Lauderdale is like one of the best songwriters ever, yeah. you know? And, and I think there's two or three of his on my first album and, um, and then Tom Schuyler, who wrote 16th Avenue, he's one of the best songwriters of all time. Um, yeah. So, but I've always been of the mindset. I don't really give two shits who wrote what song. I just want the best songs for the album. Yeah. You know? And so, and I want them to tell a story. So I've always, every record I do, there's always, you know, a couple on there that I didn't write. I don't care who wrote it. I just want, I want the best song for the record. Okay. That makes sense. And, and I wanted, this is, you do a good job of helping me uh, segue through things. And I appreciate that because I want to talk about a story because on your second album, you found some just larger success with the song from a table away. And it is just a, I mean, it's a sad story. And I'm wondering if that's autobiographical at all and where that song came from. It definitely is autobiographical. Um, um, I saw that situation go down. Yeah. Like with my own two eyes. And um, and it, it's it's heartbreaking to see something like that happen. And I knew that that's what was happening. And so um, basically the very next morning, that was on my birthday actually, um, uh, when that happened. And wow. or when, and, and then the next Monday I went 
in to write with a friend of mine, Karen Rochelle, and um, she brought me in on a write with Bob DePiro, who is an amazing songwriter. And I told them the story and, and they were both like, oh my God, did that really happen? I said, yes, I saw it. I, I know that's what I was witnessing. And they were like, oh my God, like you cannot make up country material like that, you know? No, and that's so, perfect. Um, so we wrote that and, um, and I turned it into my label at the time and they decided to change. We had already picked out another single that we were going to put out and they changed it to that one. So they when do know what they're talking about once in a while. <laughs> also a very loose term. <laughs> um, okay. So that's obviously kind of just like this really highly emotional, good story. But then as I'm doing my, I, I was driving around um, Spain where I've been and I put your, I, I started putting your stuff on as I'm getting ready for this interview. And then all of a sudden the foot stomping rocker bad girl phase comes on. I'm just like, okay, this girl just has so much range. And now I'm getting the picture in my head of you kind of like commanding the stage, whether it's like back when you're not playing as big of a venue, you're at a bar and you've got just like the bar. Like if I'm at a bar and that song comes on, I'm turning around to being like the energy changes in the place. And I'm just wondering, yeah. you've got to see that with a song like that. Okay, so that song, um, the producer that I used on that album is named Luke Wooten, and I didn't write that song, um, but three girls that I know wrote that song. Such a and good one. It's a great song. I love it. And um, Luke sends me a text one day, and he said, I've got a song I want you to listen to. And I was like, okay, cool. Do you want to just send me an MP3 of it? He's like, yeah. And so he sends it. And I wrote him back within like 10 seconds of the first song of the song starting and was like, I want it. That's, that's for me. And then I found out three girls I knew wrote it. It was Jesse, Joe Dillon, Brandy Clark and Shannon, right. And, mm -hmm. and I'm friends with all of them. And so for a minute, I thought, is this about me? Did they write <laughs> this about me? Because I feel like the song, like I related to it that much. I you think know, we like can a, tell it when you sing it that you're just like that this person has lived this this phase exactly. of their life. Exactly. And and I was I mean, I've made really bad choices in my life. I've been married twice to the wrong person and to the wrong people. And and I feel like um it's not anything I'm proud of, but it is part of who I am, so whatever, but um I feel like that song came along at a time in my life when I was kind of recovering from, from that stuff. And, and I was like, well, I never had a chance to go through a bad girl phase. Like, you know, and <laughs> hell yeah. I that was my time. 
yeah, I've, this is my time, you know, and anyway, I just really related to it. And, um, and I absolutely love that song. I love it. I, I can it. imagine that just like you're writing a set list to go out and play a show. And that's just, that's somewhere in there just because it, like I said, like, I think that that comes on. I obviously haven't ever heard it live, but I would imagine you hear that live and the energy in the place just picks up and you've got everyone's attention just because of the feel of it. It's just, I, I, mm-hmm. I it really drew me in. Okay. So it seems like to me anyway, as you've had more and more life experiences, it has correlated with you becoming a more confident songwriter. And I just wanted to ask if that's something that you thought that, that you might agree with. I do. I feel like also part of it, the, the older you get, the more, um, what's that word? Like the more, I mean, definitely confident. You get more confident because you really don't give a shit what anybody thinks, but, um, but also I'm always more wary of what people are going to think, you know, and not really caring what they think, but, but kind of going like, okay, if I actually sing about this, if I sing about this subject matter, is it going to offend anyone? Is it going to like, I'm, I'm more worried about it offending people now or not offending, but like, um, um, not offending, but like, I, I wouldn't, I wonder if, if it's going to affect people, you know what I mean? Like when I was like, when I was like 25 years old, I just kind of was like, whatever. I mean, I hope people like this, you know, and now I'm, I know which songs have affected people. And so, um, if I stray from that vein that I know is going to affect people, I, I wonder if like new content is going, you know, a different kind of subject matter is going to affect people in a good way or a bad way, you know? So stay tuned for more song facts podcast right after this. Ever wonder how my voice is bouncing off your eardrums so clean and crispy? No? Well, let me tell you anyway. The Lyra Microphone by AKG brings their legendary acoustic engineering to a versatile USB mic that delivers the highest quality audio in its class. USB connection. This is good for me because of the simplicity and the ability to just plug and play without an interface. You may have gathered from various episodes that I am doing this show on the road, so being that I record most interviews in a different location than the last, it is good for me to know that I have a high-quality, easy-to-transport-and-use USB mic like the Lyra to make sure my sound is clean. Whether you're like me and recording a podcast, a musician recording vocals or an instrument, or if you need to do a voiceover for a YouTube channel... Lyra's innovative AKG Adaptive Capsule Array adapts to your performance to record pristine audio. It has four versatile capture modes. What's a capture mode, you ask? That is how the mic picks up your voice. Just trust me, with these four options, it's really all you're going to need. With AKG Lyra, you'll be up and running in no time, no matter your experience level. There's no assembly, no need for separate audio interface, no fiddling with software settings. It just works right out of the box. And Lyra is something that is compatible with Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android devices, and all major recording softwares. So... If you're looking for a mic that offers ease of use along with a high quality sound, 
check out the AKG Lyra and look no further. Now I think that that makes a lot of sense. I I, I always. I, I don't know, as I go through today, as I was writing up the outline for this, I just kind of was going through your catalog, like listening, picking a few songs throughout each album along the way. And I could just, I don't know, I just kind of sensed that there was growth. And I, I just, to me, I was like, I just wonder if this kind of correlates with life experiences. And then you talk about it, you're like, I've had two marriages. I spent a lot of time on the road. Like these kinds of things are going to have that kind of impact on you. And that's, as an artist, you're not going to be able to help but reflect that in the type of songs that you produce. And I give you a good example of this because you talked about, you were like, I'm going to go through my fucking bad girl phase right now because mm-hmm. I haven't been able to do that yet. But then to me, I think a song like Grow Old With Me. Your whiskey straight, I'm beer in a bottle. And you're the rock I'm more the rolling stone They all say We'd never fit so well together Grow with me I'll keep you young forever It's much more mature. It's a song that would have to be written by someone who is thinking more about settling down, lifelong partner, um... And just doing that, thinking about life in that way, rather than the bad girl phase type of thing. And right. Yeah. Is that kind of where this came from? Yeah. I mean, that, that it's funny because that song, um, I wrote that with Lori McKenna, like probably two months before I filed for divorce. <laughs> oh. um, but um but I wanted that to work. I wanted that relationship to work out, but it didn't. So it actually took me about a year to even be able to sing that song live. So it was written, but you just weren't ready to do it. Oh, it no, was too it emotional. Was, it was out. It was on an album and people would get pissed that I wouldn't play it. Oh, really? But I didn't want to. There was one girl in um, Washington, D.C. and she was they had traveled from like philadelphia or something to to be there and between every song she was screaming grow old with me like (laughs) screaming it and finally after about six times i i leaned over to her and i said i'm not doing that song tonight please stop asking for it so afterwards um the guys are all outside, you know, we're all outside the venue, just kind of hanging out. And this group of girls came up to me and this girl was kind of being a little heavy handed with it and was like, we drove all the way here to see you sing that song. And you didn't sing that song. And I said, okay, I'm sorry, but here's why I didn't sing that song. And it was really rough for me to actually verbalize it, to, to say like, I'm sorry, but like, I can't sing that song. I I physically can't get through that song. And it shut her up immediately. She's like, Oh my God, I had no idea. But something about something about verbalizing that to her 
made me okay. Like pretty soon after that, I was able to start singing it and, you know, it was just a rough time, but yes, I mean, I, I feel like I thought my second marriage was the the marriage. I thought that was yeah. the one that was going to work and it didn't, you know? And so certainly not proud of it, but like, again, it's part of who I am. So what an interesting concept though, to be, it's that the, 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 ability to be able to perform and, and put that out on stage was just kind of like locked inside of you somewhere. And it's so I don't know, I find it really fascinating that that conversation just kind of turned the key and opened it up. And you were like, I don't know, maybe that was just like kind of a little therapeutic moment for you where you were just like, Oh, I feel okay now. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's try and work this into the set. I think I was embarrassed. Like, I think I was embarrassed that I had a song out that people loved that I couldn't sing, you know, and, and I couldn't sing it because I didn't want to start crying in front of fans, you know? And so, um, anyway, and once I kind of addressed it, it was sort of like, Oh, it's really not that big of a deal. Like it's, that marriage has been over now for two years, you know, and, and it's good. Everything's good now. And the weirdest thing is that that song now in the last couple of days has started like really getting a lot of uh, spins on Spotify, which is super random because it's, that song is four years old. Hmm. You just wonder what so, kind of thing is like a catalyst for something like that to no all of idea. a sudden reignite. No idea. I have zero idea. I'm I'm usually I can get really creative with these things, but we're we're not <laughs> let's not go down that road. I don't have enough wine. <laughs> and it's too early for me to think about drinking wine right now. <laughs> well, it depends. But um what can Champagne, we ex- maybe. Champagne maybe. Yeah, I mean that's fair. You got a little splash of OJ in it. Um <laughs> What can we expect from Sunny Sweeney as the hopeful light of, you know, normal life and the days and months ahead are upon us, we, we, we hope. So we have um, a new record done. We're just waiting to pick out a release date for it. Paul Cawthon is producing it. Um, and um, I've been listening to a lot of Stevie Nicks and Neil Young and Tom Petty. And so there's, there's a couple of songs that are completely outside the box for me, but I am so freaking stoked about them. What we're talking, not country sounding, no twang. I mean, my voice is always going to be country, like no matter what I do, but I feel like there is definitely some, there is some stone cold country stuff on it, but there is some stuff that even shocks me when I re-listen to it and I'm just like so excited um I went and saw Stevie Nicks for the first time I saw Fleetwood Mac um it was a gift from my manager he bought me and my guitar player tickets to go see Fleetwood Mac in Boston at the end of 2019 and Uh she's always been my hero as far as just like being just so badass and gypsy the whole like thing that I love, like just not being tied down to anything. She kind of embodies that for me. And like, she doesn't have kids and you know, her music is her life and, and her fam, her music family is her family. And like, it's just pretty inspiring. Um, but anyway, I went and saw them 
and something changed that night. I, I don't know what it was in me though. And I kind of, I've always been obsessed with her, but like something that night seeing her just kill it on stage. And anyway, I, I just, I was very inspired that night. And so there are some, some songs I feel like that are at least that were inspired by that, by seeing her, you yeah. know? Um, I want to just give you, I want to tell you something from someone who's uh, recently discovered your voice and has been a, is a big fan of it immediately. And I think that if you were ever going to work a cover into your set list, now knowing that you've got a big thing for Stevie, I think that you would slay a version of Silver Springs. Oh my God, I love that song. It is so good. That. And I just think like the, the like you say, like that country and like you, the rasp that you have in your voice, I think that you could just absolutely do that song so much justice. Well, thank you. Um, we, we put a cover of her song on it. We did a live album um, that came out in November. It was from a um, live stream that we did, a full band live stream in yeah. May, and we recorded it in a studio and went ahead and just released it. We got it mixed and mastered, but we have one of her songs on there called After the Glitter Fade. Well, I never thought I'd make it here in Hollywood. Never I know she's a rock goddess, like of all rock god. She's been uh, inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. You know, like Incredible. I mean, she's she's amazing. But um, but I think also she's a country songwriter, even though she may not know it. I think oh, yeah. she she has some really really country leaning songs. You know, so um, but that song that you just mentioned is amazing and. There's another one called Storms that, I mean, it's like, kills me. It kills me. Um, maybe I'll do like a tribute album someday to her. Not that I would do it justice because she's, she doesn't need a tribute <laughs> album. She, she, she's so freaking cool, but man, she's just so good. I, I, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want you to get back to your little pup this morning. And um, I just, I, I really appreciate you spending some time with me. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much to Sonny Sweeney for coming on the show and chatting. Really thoroughly enjoyed that. And I am coming, that's the kind of country music that I can get behind. And tell me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like this is just a person that can rule a room. I would love to see her play live, and we'll try to in the future. For the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thank you so much. 